My name is Timothy Robertson, and you are listening to Timmy's Tubular Time, Episode 2. Today we'll be talking about how Steve Jobs inspired change in technology with the Apple industry. Steve Jobs was one of the first entrepreneurs to understand that the personal computer would appeal to a broad audience. As an innovator and visionary, Steve Jobs' accomplishments can be held on a pedestal with the likes of Microsoft's Bill Gates, Google's Larry Page and Sergey Brin, and Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. The aforementioned names are all highly regarded within technology for transforming consumerism and the accessibility of information. While best known as the chief executive officer, CEO, of Apple, the late Jobs has had a profound effect on the world outside of technology. Jobs' achievements and innovations continue to inspire and affect industries and lifestyles worldwide. Jobs' most notable and revolutionary accomplishment is, of course, the Apple industry. Before we get into his journey with technology, let's learn about who Steve Jobs really is. Steve Jobs was born on February 24, 1955, in San Francisco, California. Jobs was raised by adoptive parents in what is now Silicon Valley. Though he was interested in engineering, his passions of youth varied. He dropped out of Reed College in Portland, Oregon, and took a job at Atari Corporation as a video game designer in early 1974. Back in Silicon Valley, in the autumn of 1974, Jobs reconnected with Stephen Wozniak, a former high school friend who was working for the Hewlett-Packard company. When Wozniak told Jobs of his progress designing his own computer logic board, Jobs suggested that they go into business together, which they did after Hewlett-Packard formally turned down Wozniak's design in 1976. The Apple One, as they called the logic board, was built in Jobs' family garage with money they obtained by selling Jobs' Volkswagen minibus and Wozniak's programmable calculator. With Jobs' encouragement, Wozniak designed and improved the model. The Apple II, complete with the keyboard. Jobs managed to obtain financing, distribution, and publicity for the company. Apple Computer, incorporated in 1977. The same year that Apple II was completed, the machine was an immediate success becoming synonymous with the boom in personal computers. In 1981, the company had a record-setting public stock offering, and in 1983, it made the quickest entrance to that time into the Fortune 500 list of America's top companies. And from there, the rest is history. The legacy of Jobs didn't stop there, however. In 2001, Jobs started reinventing Apple for the 21st century. That was the year that Apple introduced iTunes, a computer program for playing music and converting music to the compact MP3 digital format commonly used in computers and other digital devices. Later that year, Apple began selling the iPod, a portable MP3 player which quickly became the market leader. In 2003, Apple began selling downloadable copies of major record company songs in MP3 format over the internet. By 2006, more than 1 billion songs and videos had been sold through Apple's online iTunes store. In recognition of the growing shift in the company's business, Jobs officially changed the name of the company to Apple Incorporated on January 9, 2007. Also in 2007, Jobs took the company into the telecommunications business with the introduction of the touchscreen iPhone, and note a mobile telephone with the capabilities of playing MP3s and videos and for accessing internet. Later that same year, Apple introduced the iPod Touch, a portable MP3 and gaming device that included built-in Wi-Fi and an iPhone-like touchscreen. Bolstered by the use of iTunes Store to sell Apple and third-party software, the iPhone and iPod Touch soon boasted more games than any other portable gaming system. 
Jobs announced in 2008 that future releases of the iPhone and iPod Touch would offer improved game functionality. In an ironic development, Apple, which had not supported game developers in its early years out of fear of its computers not being taken seriously as business machines, was now staking a claim to a greater role in the gaming business to go along with its move into telecommunications. The inspirational story of a young man in his garage kitbashing a computer together to a man creating a multi-million dollar technology empire is enough to make anyone interested in Jobs and Apple. But how did Jobs persuade others to trust Apple and him enough for them to buy their products? Ethos. Credibility. Take Steve Jobs' aforementioned How to Live Before You Die speech. In it, Jobs crafts a powerful appeal in ethos in two ways. Firstly, there is the fact of his incredible success. Jobs played instrumental roles in not only at Apple, but also at Next and Pixar. These broad achievements are mentioned in his speech. They gave him an air of unpeachable credibility. What even more important is the way he tells the story of his humble origins and unorthodox path to success. Jobs speaks about his dropping out of college and studying calligraphy. How none of this made much sense at the time from a practical perspective, but later on it helped him work on the font design and branding at Apple. Then he moves on to speak about the ups and downs of his professional experience, how he was fired from Apple, and how he has been between companies, never settling. We see that he has been successful despite dealing with adversity, and despite some of the decisions that seemed suspect at the time. Jobs furthers his authority on life by talking about confrontation with death. He describes his pancreatic cancer diagnosis and recovery, and how death helps life by being its antithesis. The experience validated his choices because it reminded him that change is inevitable. You will die someday and nobody knows when, so you should do what you're passionate about now while you can. He drives this home by saying, quote unquote, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life, end quote. Jobs tells a story that builds a trustworthy persona, bringing himself down to the level of the audience. He becomes relatable. By speaking of an unorthodox success, he becomes credible. Pathos emotion. Let's return to that same speech in 2005. Besides the earlier noted ethos, one also finds plenty of pathos. We see it when Job talks about his upbringing in formative college years. He was adopted by working class parents. His unwed biological mother couldn't take care of him, but she made sure his adopted parents would send him off to college. When he got to college, he felt guilty for using his parents' money. They had, they had sacrificed and saved, yet he had no idea what he wanted to do. So he dropped out. To make ends meet, he returned Coke bottles for, for the deposit. He sat in on college classes he was truly interested in. He slept on the floor of his friend's dorm room. In the end, it all worked out. Jobs and Jobs ends the story with the following emotional appeal, saying, quote unquote, believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your hearts, even when it leaves you off the well-worn path. And that will make all the difference, end quote. Most people understand being broke, being scared and confused, being guilty. So the story appeals by stirring empathy. The mythical Jobs was always human after all. He dealt with the exact same issues as the audience he addresses. Jobs tells the audience to trust their gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. It can be scary to follow passion, but it's important to do so no matter what. His hardship ended in success after all. Later in the speech, Job, Jobs mentions how he was fired from Apple. The company has spent most of his adult life building. Of course, he was eventually rehired. When he gave this speech, he was the CEO of Apple once more. But mentioning this event makes Jobs look, hum look humble. Everyone can relate to failure. 
After hearing the college dropout and Apple firing stories, we can identify emotionally with Jobs. All this pathos makes us more likely to accept, accept his rhetoric. Logos. Logic. Jobs speaks of how he followed his heart, dropped out of college, did what he loved, and was still wildly successful. Inductive reasoning implies that if it worked for him, it will work for everyone. This idea is present throughout a large majority of his speech. His use of logos is not limited to his overarching idea of induction. It is present when he speaks of looking in the mirror and asking, quote unquote, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm doing today? End quote. Logically, one would want to answer one would want the answer to be yes. So Jaw gives the audience the implied question. If the answer is no, then why aren't you following your heart? He uses the logic argument because time is limited. It makes no sense to spend it doing something that you don't love when you have no choice to do something that you do. He makes his argument explicitly clear when he says, quote unquote, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. End quote. Do what you love. Jobs also uses logos in the form of exemplification at the beginning of his speech in order to eradicate a major constraint to his argument. When he discusses his dropping out of college, there is a possibility that he will alienate some of the audience who may believe that he is insinuating that college is pointless after they just spent a copious amount of money there. Jaws avoids this by exemplifying how this his brief time at college allowed him to learn calligraphy, which was critical in the creation of the computer's wonderfully spaced typeface and that all of the other computers that copied his. Jobs shows that learning at an institute can be essential to your future aspirations. But by using the logic argument, it makes him seem more logical and more realistic to his points. Jobs is essentially telling the audience of Apple that he can be trusted, persuading them that he can be trusted and that their company will do well with technology and serve the audience and consumers right. Um, sadly though, Jobs was diagnosed with a pancreatic tumor in 2003 and he died of a respiratory arrest related to the tumor at age 56 on October 5th, 2011. May he rest in peace and not be forgotten. This concludes episode two of Timmy's Tubular Time. I hope you could take something away from this. I hope you could take away how Steve Jobs really did inspire change in technology with the Apple industry and how he rose from a small garage in San Francisco, California to having a massive multi-million dollar industry. It really is truly inspiring, and I hope that you learned something about his amazing life and his amazing accomplishments. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day.